Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Di here. I'm at Universal Studios Hollywood checking out the technical rehearsals, aka soft launch of Jurassic World The Ride. Although it's not open yet, uh, I've had the pleasure of riding the new ride twice and I'm just going to share some thoughts with you. First and foremost, for those of you like me who loved the original Jurassic Park ride, um, this Jurassic World update is, is actually pretty amazing. Uh, you'll see some revived classics from the original ride um, that are just simply updated and, and retuned for the Jurassic World franchise. Um, the animatronics are incredible, smoother than ever, um, and the dinosaurs and the creatures alike all move very fluidly, which is pretty amazing. Um, the scenery has an incredible amount of detail um, from start to finish. You know, you, you, you can't stop looking around. There's detail everywhere. There are nuances from the films, you know, not just Jurassic World, but, you know, the rest of the franchise that are pretty incredible. Um, there are some surprises, as you might expect, and, you know, you do see a lot of Clara Owen throughout the entire experience. And, uh, gotta say, that final drop, it's a killer. So, uh, yeah, um, as they say, you will get wet. Be sure to to equip yourself properly because I hear there's a giant mosasaurus around and um, hope you all get to ride the ride soon. Check it out this summer.
welcome to See Jurassic Right. I'm your host, Stephen Ray Morris, and on today's mini-sode, god dang it, the ride is open! The ride is open today! Uh, what an insane journey. It's really not that insane, to be honest. But, um, you just heard from my friend Dai. She's Daiku on Twitter. Daiku, Daiko on Twitter. Um, and Instagram. She, oh my gosh. Uh, she rode the ride today and it was nice. And she was super nice to, uh, record that little, um, her thoughts and ruminations on the new ride. Uh, like a few people, I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to stay spoiler free. Um, if you go over to Jurassic Outpost, you can actually see uh, a full ride through of the new ride. Uh, I myself will be avoiding it uh, until I go on. Um, the only bad news for me is that uh, Brennan and I are going to Oregon for two weeks. So I'm like, all right, when the ride opens, I have to go. Uh, but hopefully I can go on it soon. Um, but yeah, let me know if you're going to go on the ride and, uh, let me know if you enjoyed it. But anyway, that's just to kick off today's mini-sode action-packed. I hope everyone's Jurassic June has been going, you know, went well. Um, not only just celebrating the 26-year anniversary of Jurassic Park, but the one-year anniversary of Fallen Kingdom. Uh, and, but also, yeah, again, a big part of this month has been like, is the ride going to open? Is it not? So that's been super fun. Um, again, a few announcements up top. Um, if you haven't been listening to the new schedule or you haven't been, you know, paying attention, um, the, the new schedule for this, uh, you know, that started in June is that I'm going to be having basically like three kind of one-on-one interviews, uh, that section or segment called park experts. Uh, so far I have Billy Jensen, Celine Beth Calderon and Brandy Posey. Um, and I also did a one year retrospective of fallen kingdom, uh, which was, um, super fun. Um, yeah. And so those, it's just a chance to really kind of sit and chat and what's going on, you know, what's on your, you know, what's on a guest's mind when thinking about Jurassic Park and especially having a lot of new guests on. So you kind of get to hear their Jurassic origin stories. It's been a super fun blast recording with people. Uh, and I wanted to play a little preview of my interview next week with Liz Climo, who is an amazing artist, cartoonist, um, and she also was a character animator on The Simpsons for many years. So uh, I'll play a little bit of Liz and then we'll come back. My parents, like I, I saw I saw Jaws. I think I saw Jaws 2 in the theater. <laughs> I remember Ooh, being... Jaws 2. I, I saw a lot. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, like I used to, I watched a lot of really scary movies. I don't know why. I don't know why, what my parents were, th- <laughs> were thinking, but I could, I mean, I really could. I was okay with it. Like I, yeah, that's what yeah. I liked. And I think they kind of took cues from me and I was okay. It was like, that's just what I wanted to watch. Um... But yes, I remember seeing it um, more than once in the theater. I remember the first time I saw it and just like sitting near the screen and being just completely just like, oh, my God, this is amazing. This is so cool. I remember my mom. I had I immediately got a poster. So I had the poster in my room and I remember my mom giving me coming in and giving me a newspaper clipping about like. You know, whenever a movie comes out and it's science fiction, it's like, could this actually happen? And yeah, it was yeah. a newspaper clipping, like, could we actually, like, how could scientifically this be possible? And I remember, like, pinning it in the top right-hand corner of the poster. So I had the poster and then they had the newspaper oh, <laughs> clipping cool. in my room. I was like, maybe someday. I don't know. I didn't learn my lesson watching the movie, I guess. I was like, I want it to happen. All right. And we're back. 
again, I want to, there's a lot of agains happening so far in the first five minutes of this episode. Uh, I hope everyone's Jurassic June was great. I'm super excited to celebrate July 6th, as in July 6th Park. Uh, if you're not familiar with July 6th Park, uh, Chris and Jack, two very talented filmmakers, they make really great sketches on YouTube. They did a really great uh, video about j- celebrating July 6th Park, which was a rip- riff on May the 4th Be With You. And this month, they had uh, they released a July 6th World video, which updates the formula a little bit in fun ways. So I'll put a link to that in the notes. But again, Chris and Jack are so funny, really kind of tap into the um, unease of the Jurassic fandom in a way that's very charming and sweet. Uh, so, uh, yeah, check that out. Uh, again, it's been super great to see everyone celebrating Jurassic June. Uh, I definitely got it to a handful of activities Jurassic related, but, um, you know, it's just funny because I feel like talking to a lot of people, it was like, oh, well, this year we don't have the release of Fallen Kingdom. So, you know, we don't have anything big going on. So how are we going to stay preoccupied all of Jurassic June? But let me tell you, this month was seemed just as action packed in some ways. So that was kind of cool. But yeah, we're going to at the end of the episode, of course, we'll get to hear your responses to this month's question or, you know, June's question, as well as a little bonus one that I asked online. You know, the the bonus one being... Um, you know, just kind of sharing your first Jurassic memories as a kid, um, you know, 26 years ago. Um, and then also, uh, you know, basically has Fallen Kingdom, uh, held up? Have you liked it more, liked it less? Um, the, a lot of the answers are very interesting and surprising to me. So I'm excited to not only read out those, but also play some voicemails as well, too. So, and I wanted to queue up next month's questions. So you're starting to think about it as we go through the episode. But I want to know what your favorite Jurassic Park sequel is with Fallen Kingdom's release. Um, personally, for me, that it, that it's my favorite Jurassic Park sequel. But I know it's not the same for everybody. And I feel like the answers are really interesting. So think about that. And then you can always call, leave a voicemail, respond to any of the posts that I post on social. Again, see Jurassic Right on Instagram and Facebook and SJRPod on Twitter. So, but let, let's, let's get into the news. All right, the first and kind of the biggest piece of news... I think the biggest piece of news Jurassic related we're probably going to get all year. I really, I think this is it. And that is the announcement of Netflix's Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. Jurassic World Camp? Yeah, it's not, it's not Jurassic Park Camp Cretaceous. It's Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. It is a brand new animated series that we are going to be getting next year. What? Um, if you go over to Jurassic Outpost and also check out Clayton Fioriti's videos, they have done rundowns and shown art from not only an original Jurassic Park animated series that was first planned back in the day after the first movie, but also an animated series that was planned after The Lost World. And it's insane to me that Jurassic Park has never gotten an animated series until now. Well, it's not even out yet. Um that show like men in black which i love and godzilla the 1998 godzilla that they got animated cartoons over jurassic park uh which is pretty wild so to me i think camp cretaceous is such big news because i think personally i want i like jurassic park kind of being in between worlds of adult and children i think that's what made the original so great was that it appealed to 
both age groups. I think it appealed to everyone in that sense. And I think an animated series, I think is, especially an animated series that's going to be on Netflix, I think is almost kind of the perfect place for this rather than being on, you know, Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon or something or Disney or something like that. I mean, even though obviously Disney had Rebels and Clone Wars, which were great, but um, I'm going to read the press release here. Let me whip it up. So it's coming from Netflix and DreamWorks Animation. So DreamWorks Animation Today announced Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous, an animated action adventure series, and is set to debut globally on Netflix in 2020 as part of an ongoing multi-year agreement with Netflix to produce original animated films and family programming. Set within the same timeline as the 2015 blockbuster film Jurassic World, the Netflix original series is inspired by the multi-billion dollar franchise from Universal Pictures and Amblin Entertainment. Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous follows a group of six teenagers chosen for a once-in-a-lifetime experience at a new adventure camp on the opposite side of Isla Nublar. Isla Nublar. Whichever. However. But when dinosaurs wreak havoc across the island, the campers are stranded. Unable to reach the outside world, they'll need to go from strangers to friends to family if they're going to survive. Scott Creamer, Pinky Malinky, and Lane Luris... Kung Fu Panda, The Paws of Destiny, Service Showrunners. I didn't know what those were at first. I was like, wait, is that a character name? Pinky Malinky? Um, probably. Um, Service Showrunners and Executive Producers. The series is executive produced by Steven Spielberg, Frank Marshall, and Colin Trevorrow. Zach Stentz serves as consulting producer. Uh, and then there's some other stuff about uh, DreamWorks animation and all that stuff. So, um, and if you go to the Netflix page, which I'll put a link to, it says the show is exciting. So that is really awesome. Uh, a lot to chew on. There was also a trailer, which I will provide a link to, which basically just shows a, a wild raptor. Uh, people were guessing maybe it's either Delta or Charlie. It doesn't look like either to me. Maybe Delta the closest. Um, but what I'm also curious, too, is that they say this is like a once in a life. I wonder if lifetime opportunity for these teens. And I wonder if it's an extension or just another branch of Ms. Ronnie's like internship program that Claire did uh, when she first started working for Jurassic World. Um, when she, I think she graduated from college or maybe freshman year of college. I think maybe the summer between freshman and uh, freshman and sophomore year. But it's been a while since I've read Evolution of Claire. But again, I'm super excited. I'm super excited at the prospect. Uh, again, the thing I feel like we talk about as Jurassic Park fans, we're so starving for content in between the three years waiting for movies. Um, you know, not everybody plays the video games. Again, I don't play Evolution. I mean, I'd love to. But um, so having a Netflix series, having it being taken seriously like this and and given, you know, anywhere from 10 to 20 episodes in a season, like that's so wild. I'm so excited at the thought of that, that we're going to have so much to chew on next year as we go, you know, on the road to Jurassic World 3. I think that's super duper exciting. There's really nothing else to report right now, but uh, yeah. Oh, well, in the art too, the art shows kind of the characters standing in front of gates that say, you know, Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. Um, so, but it's, you know, it's more of a teaser image, you know, because that image is more of like 2D art, whereas this, the trailer was CGI. So, um, it remains to be seen what the, you know, final animation style is going to be. But yeah, the trailer just shows a raptor being very, again, I think uh, Delta just looking at the camera and, you know, launching at it. So, um, I really think that they're going to capture the spirit of, of Jurassic in terms of it, you know, being an adventure that isn't, you know, blood and guts and gore, but it's also, you know, it's not going to be, um, 
overly cutesy and, you know, whimsical. I think it's going to kind of blend the two where, you know, you are going to be scared of the dinosaurs, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time. So, um, but obviously stay tuned for more news. Uh, the other bit of news, uh, this month, um, is basically <laughs> the toys of our dreams. Mattel continues to knock it out of the park. A full-size Brachiosaur. Full-size, really, as big as a real Brachiosaur. It's a very expensive toy. No, um, a giant Brachiosaurus figure that's in scale with the rest of the figures uh, looks incredible. And I just want I want two to guard my apartment and then I'll have a third in the box. It looks beautiful. Um, you can check out, uh, I believe collect Jurassic does an unboxing. Um, I'll put a link to that. And then also the other f- announcement as far as uh, big toy announcements this month, uh, was the John Hammond Jurassic legacy figure. But the caveat to that is basically you're able to pre-order it, but then you have to be attending Comic-Con. It's one of those Comic-Con exclusives. If you don't know, every year Comic-Con does, you know, these exclusive figures, uh, whether it's for like Star Wars or things like that. Um, it's a time-worn tradition, and it's interesting that we finally are getting one of these for Jurassic, but it's like but it's like making a Luke figure. Like, John Hammond's so integral but i also uh if you check out uh victoria uh victoria cantina's review victoria's cantina and jurassic outpost review i mean it's it's interesting they're like you know i can understand the cost effectiveness of like hey we're gonna make an old man toy from a movie that's 26 years ago so it makes sense that they're kind of sort of marketing as more of a collectible kind of item so i get that uh, but I <laughs> do not have a Comic-Con badge or anything like that, so I will not be attending. But maybe uh, they will release it in a wider format at some point. So uh, let me know if you're planning on getting either of these figures. I feel like the Brachiosaurus is a must-have. I'm super excited for it. The uh, next news story is kind of a smaller story. You know, again, I, I normally don't like doing kind of like rumors and things like that because it's just... We're so far away from Jurassic World 3 still, but um, basically everybody keeps bugging Bryce Dallas Howard if the original trio, uh, Dr. Sattler, Dr. Grant, and Dr. Malcolm, uh, Laura Dern, Sam Neill, and uh, Jeff Goldblum, if they're coming back uh, for Jurassic World 3. And every again, everybody keeps bugging poor BDH. Um, but again, I, I feel like they're going to make it happen. I feel like unless Sam Neill is like, fuck you guys and the offer sucks, I feel like he will definitely return. I'm not worried about Laura Dern or Jeff Goldblum returning. I think Sam Neill is still the mystery man uh, in this equation, but we'll see if he can be lured back uh, one more time. So uh, that is really exciting even to think about. And then the next bit is crazy, is crazy, cool wild uh jay bayona our dear fallen kingdom director is tapped to direct the lord of the rings animated uh, lord of the rings animated not lord of the rings animated a new lord of the rings series that's set during the second age which takes place before you know most of the events of lord of the rings and i would say lord of the rings is probably my biggest fandom besides jurassic so the idea that the director of something Jurassic is going on to do Lord of the Rings is so cool. And 
you know, as much as I love Lord of the Rings and I'm obsessed with the making of The Hobbit, uh, I am really looking forward to another vision in Middle Earth. So I'm really excited for Jerry Biona to take a, uh, take a stab at it. Um, it's going to be an Amazon series. So that's what I meant to say instead of saying animated. Uh, but yeah, no news of that other than that right now. I think he's tapped to direct maybe the first couple and then we'll kind of serve as like, you know, the one of the he's not he's not the showrunner or anything like that but you know i think he will kind of set the tone so that's really cool all right the ride's open (laughs) what is happening that's kind of the biggest that's the other biggest news i think this month too which is funny because just so inside universal uh i'm gonna write that down inside universal which i haven't listened to their podcast yet but i've been following them on twitter and it's just basically giving me as they've been because uh, the last time I went to Universal before last week was, I think, right before my pass expired. And it just was like, oh, my God, like, <laughs> what am I trying to say here? It's just just seeing it being built and developed was just getting me so exciting, excited. And yeah, just but really over the last few weeks was when the construction really kind of ramped up. And they basically opened the gates in a sense so that people could walk around down in that area. And then, yeah, last week or a week ago, they opened up the Isla New Bar, the Tiki Bar, the Jurassic Cafe and the Jurassic Outfitters, which I thought was really smart uh, to sort of get people excited. And, you know, instead of trying to like hype it up where it's like Galaxy's Edge is like empty right now because it was overhyped and now people are staying away. What it looks like Universal is doing is slow opening the ride and again literally from this more you know from the last two days seeing employees and stuff going on to now it looks like again uh die uh went on the ride and she's like a regular pass holder so but i think that's so much smarter it's getting people really excited to go instead of this thing of like oh god it's the opening day let's stay away until a few months later but so I was, I was like, I don't know when this is opening, but the new bar looks awesome and everything. So, um, big thank you to Lauren who was able to, uh, give us some ticks, some sweet ticks. Uh, uh, Brenna, uh, you know, aka Bonnie Puns, aka, uh, Beeksels, um, as well as Colette, who is in the group. Um, over from the UK, um, Colette Frida on socials, also Patternology, which is a great account that she runs. Um, the three of us ran around Universal um, and enjoyed the tiki drinks, enjoyed seeing uh, the, you know, the new paint job on everything, going into Jurassic Outfitters and checking out the new merch. There's some pretty interesting stuff. I got a pin... The only thing I saw that acknowledged like opening day or new ride was this there there was a bunch of new merch but this one specific thing that actually mentioned like the ride the new ride opening um which is kind of like a um, uh, Nima Neem's like mural style thing with a Dilophosaurus in there so that's interesting that they got a new Dilo render pin I got that and the Jurassic Cafe which I thought the food was pretty good I think they stepped up their game uh, you know, since doing the Hogwarts thing and how Disney just really knocks it out of the park with their food. I think they really stepped up the Jurassic uh, the Jurassic Cafe's food. I had a burger, but also had this jackfruit, uh, had a bit of jackfruit pulled pork that was very delicious as well, too. So um, that was really fun. And again, of course, doing the, the studio tour where the Spino now lives. That was 
I mean, not, maybe not a week ago, but maybe, oh no, because last weekend was CatCon. But like two weekends ago, Popping Universal, since then, uh, they've now not only opened the ride, but there's a baby raptor that kind of looks like Charlie, which is like a, a guy holds like a puppet in their hand. And then also there's a giant triceratops that roams around, which is super rad. And then the raptor encounter area is brand new instead of like just having this little tiny shrub that the blue hangs out in they actually have what looks like the gates that uh they run out of uh you know at the start of the motorcycle sequence in jurassic world so it all looks amazing it's super engrossing and you know i think not everybody likes that you know they've had to rebrand but i mean when you're there it's it's cool it's you know, I, they are, they really are going for the modern theme park aesthetic for Jurassic World. And, you know, that is certainly not as nostalgic as, say, the 90s aesthetic of Jurassic Park. But, um, I mean, sure, would I like a Jurassic Park style thing also? But I, th- I really just, when you're there, it just feels great. And the theme song is playing. It's perfect. So, um, let me know if you're planning on going now that you know that it's open. I mean, s- so far today, they're calling it technical rehearsals. So they could, you know, uh, maybe have a day where they don't have it at all available or something. But at this point, the gate is creaking open, half open. You got to run in before they close it and open it again or something or like that. But um, it's super exciting and I need to get a new pass. So <laughs> there's that. Um, the other big sort of fun thing I did this month was I went to Pod X and in Nashville, and that was such a blast. That was right at the start of June. And not uh, not only did I teach, like, um, I taught a panel on how to start a podcast. I was also on a lovely panel about mental health uh, with uh, Stephen Pappas from Is This Adulting that he moderated, which was super fun. Um, we I actually had Stephen and his co-host Chris on See Jurassic Right, so we hear from them in a couple, uh, I think maybe in a month is or a month or and a half or something when the interview comes out. But um, yeah, Podex was such a blast. The biggest thing that I did, of course, Jurassic related was I did a live SJR with Drew from Sleep With Me. Now, Sleep With Me podcast is so great. Um, it's a podcast that uh, I think Georgia Hardstock uh, first mentioned it to me or first mentioned it, I should say, on uh, or she talked about it on MFM. And uh, but basically, it's a podcast that where you're supposed to fall asleep. Like it's he's he's telling stories that purposely make you fall asleep. So wonderfully hilarious and sweet and cool. Um, and Drew is rad. And we had a conversation just about his Jurassic origins, but also he read some of my childhood fan fiction. We basically went through. Now, if you haven't gone back and listened to the fan fiction episodes from back in the day, the Fan Fiction Fridays, go back and listen to those. Um, so many great performers and my friends who read bits of my childhood fan fiction. But we basically had Drew kind of do a best of, uh, but with a live audience was so funny and so good. Um, yeah, that'll be out in, I think, I think it'll be out this month. Uh, if not early next month. But um, yeah, Drew is awesome. And really, I just want to thank everybody at Mischief Man- uh, Mischief Management. I was going to say Mischief Managed. Um, they're the folks that uh, run LeakyCon. Uh, but everybody, the whole team there, uh, Melissa and Leah and yeah, everyone else uh, 
Uh, they're the coolest, coolest, coolest group of people who are running great conventions. They did a Game of Thrones one, I think, since since Pod X. But if you're but if you're thinking about going to a podcast convention, definitely go to one that they throw because Pod X was so much fun, and everybody I met there was so great, and I spent the whole week defending fallen kingdom uh because you know more casual people hadn't seen it yet so uh yeah it was a whole fun weekend of talking jurassic with people um in podcasts so uh yeah that pretty much is it for the news and just sort of things i've been up to um it's just so wild that the that you know recording this today and it's like the ride is open and i was just like uh, going through all those, you know, the interviews so far this month, the park expert segments with Billy and Celine and Brandy, it was like, when is the ride going to open? When is the ride going to open? And again, you'll see from Liz's interview next week, it's like the ride could be open at any moment. But I feel like I have to disclaimer all those episodes because it was like, is the ride open yet? No. But it's going to be okay. We're all going to go on the ride. It's going to be great. Uh, but first, not first, because we've been going for a while. <laughs> but um, yeah, let's let's get to your voicemails, because I want to hear. Uh, you know, it's been a year since Fallen Kingdom came out, and I think uh, I was very I was very surprised and intrigued by everyone's responses. So uh, let's take a little break, and then we'll go into that right after this. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, Stephen, it's Jurassic Dave 93 over on um, Instagram and Twitter. Um, you had asked us to send in some of our thoughts for the one-year anniversary of uh, the release of Fallen Kingdom. Um, how does it hold up for me one year later? I, I still like the movie about as much as I did walking out, on which I'd say I probably liked it at the time a little bit more than Jurassic World, which, I mean, I love Jurassic World. Um, uh, things that I liked about the movie, I, I really liked how it got back to, um, more of like a science and treating the dinosaurs like animals. I love the way that they portrayed blue. Um, and I really liked that the science part and showing part of the series being man's greed, uh, what they're willing to do to with the science to create things like the Indoraptor. Um, as far as going forward, questions that I, I really want to see where we go with this Jurassic world now that this, um, technology is out there open source. Um, we were warned all those years ago by Malcolm about the consequences of this power. And now it is, it's out there. 
Um, I, I really loved the special effects and the cinematography. I loved how claustrophobic the end of the movie felt. I really liked the way the animatronics blended real well with the CG. And things that I hated, um, there wasn't a whole lot that I hated in this movie, but I could have done without um, Chris Pratt rolling away from some goofy-looking lava. And as far as where this movie sits for me, it's up there. Um, it's up with the, the Lost World as far as, to me, probably the two best sequels in this uh, franchise so far. But um, I hope I kept it short and to the point, and um, thanks a lot for letting me send this in, Stephen, and I'm super excited to see where we go in season two. Thank you. Thanks so much, uh, Dave. <laughs> I was going to say Jurassic Dave 93. Um, thank you for your, your thoughtful, uh, voicemail. And yeah, I'm, I'm very much, I think I'm, I'm on the same page as you overall with, with Fallen Kingdom. So, um, yeah, the lava is, lava is just so hard to get right in films. I think probably maybe Return of the King is the only, the only movie to get lava right. Uh, not, uh, volcano, uh, 1998's volcano, maybe 99. No, I think 98, maybe. No, that would have been the same year as men in black. I think it was 96. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I think lava is really hard to get right. So, uh, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. Um, so we're going to play another voicemail from Aaron. Mr. Morris, the phones aren't working. Uh, JK, JK, JK. Um, does anyone else panic before they, like, I panicked so hard that you were actually answered. I know you're not, but panic nonetheless. Um, I just wanted to share a, in regard to the anniversary of Fallen Kingdom, I kind of wanted to share a cautionary, um, whale of a tale, or maybe a cautionary Mosasaurus, um, I did not get to see Fallen Kingdom in theater, and I think that's really kind of, I don't want to say wrecked, but um, it's really kind of hindered my view of that movie, um, which is a shame, because I do like the film, and I just wish I had more of an emotional attachment to it than I did to Jurassic World. Like, I remember the whole time going to see um, Jurassic World, just like on the edge of my seat, like panicked, because I didn't know what was going on, like, I, you know, what, what, what were they going to do? Like, I, I, I don't know. Everything was new and fresh, and it was great. Um, but unfortunately, I didn't get to see Fallen Kingdom in the theater. I had had a baby a couple months before, so it was kind of hard getting it, getting time. So I didn't get to until it came out on um, digital. So, and I still tried to make it special, you know, waited till nightfall and, you know, hoped for a rainstorm and, and all that, um, uh, but it was really, it, the beginning sequence was so great, but I, I really just kind of don't really remember certain notes from the rest of the film, so if you ever on the fence, go, because, like, I regret it. Luckily, I'm kind of lucky in that uh, Michael Moore has a theater in my town, uh, Traverse City, Michigan, Holla, and um, sometimes he shows, like, quote-unquote older movies or, like, movies that are, like, a couple years old. So here's hoping that during a film festival here in this little town this year that he puts on, um, that he shows Small Kingdom, because that would be that would be my shot. Um, I've gotten to see Jurassic Park that way and Jurassic World. So it would be really, be really dope if they did that. My name's Aaron, by the way, and my Instagram is Aaron Fitzsloan. Um, I called in a long time ago. It's been a long time. So I'm catching up on all podcasts now, and 
Can't wait till next month. Thanks, Stephen, as always. Thank you so much, Erin, for your voicemail. It's really interesting. I'd never really... I feel like you kind of set yourself up for success, you know, in that sense with the, uh, you know, waiting for the rain and at night and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, don't, I think, you know, but if you just didn't connect with the film in the same way as I totally get it. I feel like for me, if I don't have that initial, um, you know, obviously you, it wasn't necessarily by choice that you couldn't see in theaters, but, uh, you know, I feel like for me, if I don't have the urge to rush out and see something, then I probably will never see it because it's like, I feel like that's just like the Aries in me that just like runs hard. You know, it's like, I will love something. I will either like love something immediately and, you know, maybe I'll get bored of it down the line, but, um, but usually stuff that I'm cold on to start with, I usually will never kind of get into so i don't know but um yeah thank you for your voicemail um and you know maybe if you watch it a couple more times maybe you'll like it maybe you'll like it less who knows it really depends on the on the movie because i feel like for me you know and i'll get it when we get into everybody else's thoughts as i'm reading them for fallen kingdom i feel like in some ways my feelings on jurassic world are more related to that than people's react like my reactions to jurassic world are more like pe- some people's reactions to fallen kingdom so it's very interesting uh but thanks aaron for your voicemail again thanks for your second voicemail <laughs> and now a voicemail from amina hey steven uh my name is amina i'm calling from orlando florida um i've wanted to call before i really love your podcast uh but i have that good old millennial phone anxiety um so, uh, so I haven't called, but, um, I love talking about Fallen Kingdom. So I figured there was no better time to finally call. Um, I actually, uh, took notes on this episode. <laughs> um, so hopefully I can be a little bit coherent. But first, um, I wanted to talk about, I guess, uh, my initial experience with Fallen Kingdom. Um, when I first saw the poster for it beyond the, like, life finds a way, tagline teaser poster um sort of like jurassic world's poster said the park is open um the first real poster i saw for fallen kingdom said the park is gone and that upset me so much um i just like i i was heading in to see a different movie and i saw that that poster and i stopped walking like i just stood still staring at that with tears in my eyes because I was so upset by the idea of of the park being gone and, and what that would mean for the future of, I mean, not just in universe, not just the dinosaurs and those characters, but the franchise itself. I was really, really worried that they would sort of destroy like the foundation of it. And I, I was scared that they'd kill Rexy. I think you know, all of these big, like, Hollywood sequels are trying to, quote-unquote, subvert expectations by doing sort of big things like that for shock value. And honestly, Jurassic World, while I enjoyed it, it didn't fill me with confidence that they wouldn't do that for the sequel. So because of all that, it it actually took me a few weeks to even get around to seeing it because I was I was just so worried, but I was thrilled when I did see it, and it it felt like a Jurassic Park film in a way that Jurassic World didn't, and it really brought me back to this amazing world that I've loved so much since I was a kid. 
Um, and I feel so grateful to Fallen Kingdom for that. Um, and with that in mind, uh, I'm just going to go uh, sort of over the notes that I took. Um, you said uh, that dinosaurs uh, represent man's sins, which made me so happy because something I've been telling everyone for a year about Fallen Kingdom is that it delivers on promises made in the original Jurassic Park that have gone through out all these movies in between. Well, I mean, it looks like your voicemail cut off, but uh, I love everything that you're saying. And yeah, you got me thinking. um, I love what you're saying. Yeah, you're right. You know, I think that's why people had a big problem with Last Jedi was because it just really depends on what we want from entertainment. If we want nostalgia, if we want that kind of comfort food, I think for some people, Last Jedi and Fallen Kingdom are kind of scary because... It is about kind of burning it all. The you know, let the past die, kill it if you have to. The park is gone. It's scary. It's almost you know the the world is scary enough. And now, why do you have to destroy the the things that I loved from my childhood? And not in that kind of way of like the Ghostbuster trolls and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, it's 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 very compelling and and. I think that's, but in some ways I wonder if, like you're saying, for kind of shock value, but I I think almost in that way of like, you know, everyone's trying to still figure out what to, you know, how to make a good movie, how to make a successful movie, how to get butts in the seats. And so we're seeing an era of like, we need to, we need to um, shake you and and shock you and and get you to pay attention, you know, in, in, you know, social media uh, malaise and all that stuff. And so for, for good or for bad, uh, you know, the results, you know, um, can kind of, it's, it's just, it's, it's a lot, you know, (laughs) there's a lot happening right now. So, uh, but I think, uh, I, I love your analysis and what you're saying. Cause I, again, as I've been saying, I feel like the responses that people have had to, you know, fallen kingdom a year later, um, kind of play into this notion. And so I'm really glad I read your, uh, or I listened to your voicemail played, listened to all the above, um, you know, uh, last before we dive into the comments on the different social medias, because I think that'll really inform that conversation. So uh, let's just, with that said, let's just get into it. So I'm going to go to the Facebook group, um, see Jurassic Right podcast on Facebook, really join that because, you know, I mean, obviously it's so exciting and I can't tell you how much I've loved to be releasing see Jurassic Right episodes every week. Um, I did mention up the top, but again, mentioning that season two proper uh, begins in September uh, with a retrospective on the ride uh, and now finally can go on the new ride so we can talk about it um, in more detail. But uh, when the time comes, but, uh, you know, it's so exciting to have new episodes every week. So, it's, yeah, three Park Expert episodes and then one mini-sode um, and maybe some stuff in between, depending on cool news. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, but join the Facebook group, See Jurassic Right Podcast uh, on, you know, search the groups on Facebook because, you know, every day we're talking Jurassic and dinosaurs. So go there. All right. The first comment comes from Clayton and he just says, Clayton Fiorini, of course, has amazing videos. Check him out. Uh, he just says, Fallen Kingdom is incredible. Um, and then Tanya says, oh my God, one year could only watch it once in the cinema. Might need to give another try. The whole volcano scene just broke my heart. The rest was just too meh. Again, that volcano scene 
is is her it's it's tough it's tough i get it um jess uh who actually met in charlotte uh recently super nice super sweet um she said although it made me cry into my t-rex hoodie in front of dozens of strangers i'll never forget the final brachiosaurus scene when they're leaving the island it was the first dinosaur you see in full in the first Jurassic park movie and the last you ever see in isla nublar uh the contrast of emotion between the scenes is heart-wrenching um yes i couldn't agree more it's it but it's why i I love that a Jurassic Park movie is making us cry again. I love that. I I love that I feel something when I see a Jurassic Park movie. I as much as I love uh you know the other sequels, I feel like Fallen Kingdom made me feel the most. Um so uh thank you for that comment, Jess. I really uh uh I really appreciate it. And let's see, let's go to another post in the Facebook group. Uh, this was from Andrew, and he says, I watched, rewatched Fallen Kingdom a few days ago for precisely this reason. I really enjoyed Fallen Kingdom one year later. I really enjoyed the development of Claire and the addition of Zia Franklin. The only real downside is Owen Grady. I just cannot relate to him or find his journey interesting. The mixture of disaster movie and gothic horror makes it truly original. The third act gets a little goofy with Blue basically being Owen's tag team wrestling partner, but that's just the kind of goofiness I want in my summer blockbusters. I give it three and a half Interruptors smiling to camera out of five <laughs> I love that and yeah I I feel like I feel like because Chris Pratt is such a big star I feel like they turned a side character into a main character but yeah he still doesn't really have an interesting journey really I think he I think Owen truly is a supporting character um, to Claire's main character but I feel like the kind of meta politics of you know, acting and stardom and Hollywood stuff kind of have been getting in the way of kind of elevating our main character's journeys and stuff, which is in some ways why characters like Macy and Blue and, you know, Zia and Franklin are almost more interesting than, you know, than our hero. So, um, even though Claire is the real hero, but, uh, yeah, so I totally get that. Um, let's go to Twitter where the comments are less than positive. Well, some of them. Uh, <laughs> Dax Schaefer, good old Dax, who's been on the show before about music and other things. Uh, not enough Goldblum, which I think is very true. Uh, <laughs> uh, Owen Pratt, uh, 93, um, says, Fantastic film, my favorite of the JP sequels. It goes deeper on the matter of use of genetic power, features brilliant use of symbolism. It's wonderfully shot and scored. Also, is what I personally think is the best opening sequence of the saga. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, the original movie's opening sequence is just perfect, but the opening sequence to Fallen Kingdom is basically as perfect. Um, Hannah, she's at Jurassic World, which I just think, if follow Hannah, she's great. Uh, and I love that she has the Jurassic World handle. <laughs> she says, I really struggle with the flow of it. It's way too fast paced for me. I'm still pining for those deleted scenes. That being said, the thematic elements, color grading, cinematography still amaze me. I can appreciate Fallen Kingdom as the Jurassic World and Park film, which I love. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you in the sense. I think, I think that in a different world, in a different in a in a different way that the that this new franchise you know this new phase of the Jurassic franchise I think that Fallen Kingdom would be two separate movies I just think I really think they that there's a world where I think I talked about it in or maybe talk about it in some Park Experts episode but you know there's a world where the rescuing the the dinosaurs off the island is one whole movie and the sort of Lockwood's Manor portion is another movie. But 
Um, yeah, so I get that. Um, let's see. Uh, this is from Thematicore. Baby Blue made it all worth it. So cute. Uh, Dilly Dilly at DT DTDB35. Uh, rad guy who I met in LA, a part of the Jurassics group uh, that includes uh, uh, Jennifer, Tarek, and. Uh, oh, yeah. By the way, <laughs> congratulations to Jennifer and Josh for getting married uh, in their Jurassic wedding, which, which looked really rad. Um, but yeah, the part of the Jurassics and also Samantha, who I talked to in a future park experts. Um, but, uh, Dilly, Dilly says it's my favorite sequel in the franchise because it's got huge Crichton ideas and pushed the story forward in such a huge way. Plus the Gothic horror element of the second half is so close to classic universal monster films. Oh, that, yeah, you're right. That's really cool. Uh, great stuff. Yeah. So that's awesome. And yeah, I feel like it's definitely like the most to follow up on a lot of Crichton-y kind of elements of the original. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Um, from SS Tras- Trask with two Ks. Hugely disappointing. And the franchise is my favorite. Felt like two different movies. Well, there we go. Uh, Messily made into one. Blue thwarting, blue thwarting the Interaptor uh, was identical to her fighting the Indo. That's interesting. I didn't even think about it that way. Um and just uh, the weirdest slash laziest use of an incredible score, uh, which is funny because I also didn't really care for the Fallen Kingdom score when I first saw it the first couple times. I now really like it and listen to it basically as much as I listen to, I mean, maybe even more than the original score. I feel like it's such a great digestible score to listen to it's on its own but i i wasn't into the score the first time i heard it as well um and yeah i mean i feel like for me when I'm, i i feel like there's the end fight scene is very like choppy in the sense that you have owen rescuing macy then blue rescuing owen then uh claire rescuing owen and then blue rescuing owen and claire and macy it's like it, it, they had to almost like because they have these so many surprises they had to pick a few to really sell and I feel like I also kind of agree that uh, that I feel like Blue's rescue of Owen is kind of underwhelming so um, and then Captain Caterade which I love the handle uh, I was expecting it to have more to do with the new dangerous dinosaur and I was upset the plot was more focused on this random bad guy and his family which had relatively little to do with the previous movie he was trying to accomplish too many ideas not enough time and yeah I mean it, again in practical terms I agree in that sense that sort of bringing Lockwood's manor and all this stuff into it is you know have, having all that stuff be added you know it's, it's the Harry Potter thing the Deathly Hollows movies where they had to cram in any leftover ideas that was my chair squeaking uh they had to cram in any leftover i like or the in deathly hollows they had to like cram in anything from the books that were important to the last uh story that weren't included in any of the previous movies since they made the movies without when the books weren't finished so there is that element of fallen kingdom that i think has just been sort of a weird reality of it but um i think again the sort of uh, with the phrase, the whole is more than the sum of its parts, I guess, for me. But no, I totally understand it. Um, and then Gnome Believable says, I wasn't a huge fan, to be honest. I mean, I went to, to see it in theaters and have since rewatched because of old dinosaurs. I think its biggest fault was that it got caught up at doing out doing the first Jurassic World movie with bigger, faster, deadlier than ever dinosaurs. In all of that, it felt as the story potential was lost. Also sad. Dinosaurs in cages make me sad. Um, 
Also, I love Chris Pratt and think Owen's character is a great addition to the Jurassic team, but where the hell is Alan Grant? Am I right? Where the hell is Alan Grant? Indeed. Um, I would almost say, though, to me that the movie... I mean, obviously that the the big volcano sequence is like big and bombastical. And uh, I totally understand people don't like that, but in some ways, and actually, you know, I'll go into that comment right now. Um, let's see, where is it? Um, from, Oh, Nope. There we go. Sorry. The shuffling papers, everyone. Maybe that's an ASMR for somebody, but to kind of continue no believable's comment, I got a comment on Instagram from Lindsay Kate, where she says, my least favorite of them all, too many indoor shots, too many dinosaurs crying. I want action. So I think another, uh, I think what's cool about this movie is, you know, all the animatronic dinos. And again, I've mentioned over and over again, how much I love that there's so much more physicality and reality. Like my problem with Jurassic world is that all the dinosaurs seem so green screened and separate from our heroes Whereas I love Fallen Kingdom because our heroes are like literally like digging and snot and sweat and everything like that. Um, but in some ways, because they designed a lot of these action sequences or a lot of these dinosaur sequences to, uh, I was, <laughs> I was like, is there another earthquake happening? Um, because they were designing these sequences around these animatronics, um, a little bit, there's a little bit of a sense that like, you know, it, it's this kind of like, then that means that the, you know, these scenes are all very like confined in a way. So I don't know if I'm doing a good job of explaining it, but I feel like these two comments from no believable and Lindsay Kate kind of, there's that kind of push and pull of fallen kingdom where like either we're huge and it's all far away and bombast or it's so indoors, you know, again, the, the, I, there is this idea that Fallen Kingdom is this very claustrophobic, you know, haunted house stuck on a ship kind of thing. Um, but uh, in a way, uh, hopefully that means that Jurassic World is going to just be all outdoors, maybe, hopefully. Um, so thanks, everyone, for your comments. I feel like there's just so much to chew on. So little time. I wanted to read another Instagram uh, weighing in. Um, let's see, uh, from Griffin Bird Press. Uh, I do love the movie. I love all of them, but the more I rewatch, the less I feel drawn to it. The first Jurassic World is absolutely one of my favorite movies of all time. It hit my nostalgia right in the gut, not to mention it was one of the best movie-going experiences I've ever had, going with my new wife, my brother, and four friends who all grew up loving Jurassic the same as me, so it's cemented in my memory and has become something I revisit every few months, but Fallen Kingdom is uh, different, and honestly, part of the reason I still saw the whole movie... And part of the, and honestly, part of the reason it is I saw the whole movie in the trailers. Nothing felt special. Nothing was a surprise. And literally every scene at some point was spoiled by the trailers. It has really left a sour taste in my mouth and ruined my first impression of the movie, which the first Jurassic nailed. Then is the reason I tend to go back to the one over Fallen Kingdom. All in all, a great film with some stunning scenes and parts, but it doesn't feel special to me like Jurassic World does. Unfortunately, I think that is due to my first experience with it in theaters and so far rewatching it hasn't changed that feeling either. So again, that's interesting. And thank you, Taylor, for your response, your thoughtful response. And it was and really cool to hear how special the Jurassic World viewing experience. And in some ways, my Jurassic World experience was almost more special because it was kind of hyper-focused into... And if you go back and listen to the very first See Jurassic Right, you'll hear that. Um, you know, Fallen Kingdom was a month of amazing experiences, uh, but also spread out over, you know, spread out and a little dissipated, whereas, like, Jurassic World is like this one, you know, screening with, like, 20 of my friends. But... Um, 
but again, it brings to this idea that, you know, can you, does your opinion change, uh, you know, a movie after all? I mean, it really, uh, it just sort of, it's, it's, it's just weird how our mind works and how, you know, how the connections we have to how we see a movie in a way affect our impression of the movie and stuff like that. And it's not to say that it's, it's, you know, one way or the other or anything. I think it all kind of is a cocktail that kind of, uh, maybe a margarita man cocktail that all kind of comes together. But, um, yeah, I think it, I think, I think you're, you're bringing up a lot of important things. And so I think these are these weird hills to get over, but I, but I will say in a way, I, personally for me uh, I can have a lot of nostalgic experiences attached to a movie uh, it's a thing I've talked about I think I talk about it in a again I think I talk about it in a uh, it feels like the percast where I'm like was I talking about cats on mic or off mic same thing with Jurassic but I think uh, like with the Game of Thrones thing I think if, if if to you if those last episodes were good I don't think you would notice the coffee cup I think it, it's it's uh They've talked. I, I feel like people have talked about this in essays before, but it's like, you know, we remember we the more we don't like the more something like is doing things that we don't like, we notice more to not like about it. And so I think um, I don't think nostalgia glasses is always a thing that prevents you from seeing the bad parts. I think that there is it's a little bit more complicated than um, than maybe we've presented it. So. Uh, I totally, yeah, it's just, it's just more to chew on, you know? Um, because again, it's, you know, I think for me, Jurassic world has kind of just slowly soured over in my mind where it's like, I like it for what it sets up. But for me, it's probably my least favorite Jurassic film right now. Uh, currently, um, maybe even more than Jurassic park three, who knows? But, uh, you know, will I, will I feel the way, you know, will my opinions change a fallen kingdom five years from now or, or you know, 10 years from now? Or again, if anything, though, seeing Jurassic world again, after seeing fallen kingdom made me appreciate aspects of the movie that I didn't quite appreciate before the first time. So it's all just kind of in the mix. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it remains to be seen, uh, how, you know, how things will change or maybe they won't. So, um, I was going to read two more comments on Instagram and then jump into an email from Dusty. So, um, uh, Nagel 16 says, I have to say this was the hardest Jurassic park for me not to like, I can't get over the beginning, uh, and leaving the Apatosaurus on the Brachiosaurus on the damn dock, literally fetal rock cried in the movie and haven't seen it since. Oh yeah. It's tough. It's tough. Seeing that Brachio go, um, but I think it had to happen. I think, I think it, to me, it wasn't egregious personally. I mean, if we're going to just talk about shock value and things like that, I think it was so tastefully well done. And I think because they don't, they haven't really done anything like that. I mean, we saw the apatosaurs die in the, uh, die in Jurassic world. But I think, I think the way that they did it in fallen kingdom was just so poetic and sort of respectful to our love of dinosaurs and really kind of a call to action that it's like these dinosaurs are are important and worth saving. I think, so I think it, it, it hurts, but it hurts so good. Uh, but that's just my opinion. Um, duh. Uh, (laughs) it's just in my opinion, of course, uh, but yeah, no, no, I totally get it. I mean, yeah, it was crazy the first time to just be in the theater and be crying over a Brachiosaurus. Uh, who I want to Brie 
93 uh, said honestly the ending was my favorite this installment was not the franchise was not what the franchise started with uh, even in the books, Doctor Who wanted to make better dinosaurs, but that was making them more docile, slower, and less terrifying. The movie is exactly the opposite. Plus, Hammond wanted real dinosaurs, not uh, wanted real dinosaurs, not genetically engineered hybrids. I don't know, to each their own. Um, just not my fave. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I, I would agree with you in that sense. Uh, who I want to breed. 93, which is the best Instagram handle. Uh, I think the militarized, genetically engineered hybrid thing is kind of played out. I think it was even kind of played out in Fallen Kingdom. And I almost wish they would have figured out a different way to do... I think maybe in a way the Fallen Kingdom's manner stuff would almost have been better if it was more of the chaos of all these dinosaurs trying to escape. Kind of like... um, you know, when Claire lets them all out at the end, I think maybe having that instead of maybe having one hyper predator. I, I understand the impulse to have that. And I do like the militarized dinosaurs concept as having it be part of this universe. Uh, but I do agree that the concept is played out. And Colin Trevorrow, um, who's going to go on and direct Jurassic World 3, has said that they're done with hybrid dinos, they're done with militarized dinos. So uh, what that actually means remains to be seen. But I also think that I had a little bit of hybrid fatigue. So, <laughs> so I get it. Um, but thank you, Who I Want to Brie 93. And I want to say it again, Who I Want to Brie 93. Um, but let's read an email from Dusty. Dusty's email reads, Hi, Stephen. Just wanted to write in about this month's question. Hope it's not too late. I saw Fallen Kingdom for the first time about a week after it opened in the U.S. I later took our son, Azra, right before it left theaters. Um, if you go back to different minisodes... Uh, Dusty uh, has shared a lot of her adventures uh, with Azra, and uh, yeah, just makes me feel good. Um, it was amazing to share that big screen moment with a five-year-old. Yes, my mom sent us sent us the movie as a gift when it came out on Blu-ray, and we watched it almost every day if it, if there was time. We will still watch it about once a month. And of the Jurassic World movies, it is my favorite. You hit on, you hit on some really good points in your Park Experts one episode, which is my one-year Fallen Kingdom retrospective. I'd like to add that for some reason, I never really realized how much it feels like the franchise a switch from Rexy saving the day and having the defining end moment to Blue being the new focus uh, moving the franchise forward. Our beloved Rexy still gets her moments but it feels like Blue's ending looking over the residential neighborhood gives us some foreshadowing going into the next film. How many times have I seen this movie? A lot but every time I watch it or listen to others comments I find something new to focus on and Blue definitely has won my heart. Thank you thank you all for your hard work and love of all things Jurassic Dusty. Um, uh, Thank you Dusty. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's. I'm glad that they've kept Rexy part of it. I think that was really smart because I feel like they're setting us up for maybe something tragic in Jurassic World Three. Um, and I watch the movie a lot too. I, I probably watch it. It's to me, Jurassic Fallen Kingdom is such a rewatchable movie. But and and maybe as a criticism, maybe because it is, you know, kind of more piecemeal it's really easy to kind of just go and watch a scene here to watch the opening to watch blue surgery to watch the volcano to watch the auction scene it feels like it's a really easy movie to kind of pick up and put in the background i think weirdly weirdly fallen kingdom in jp3 which i've talked about brenna and i uh, aka bonnie puns aka beeksels uh jp3 and fallen kingdom to me uh to me are like the most rewatchable and kind of fun to talk about for some reason. But, um, you know, I, I really, I really feel like I'm being hard on Jurassic world a lot recently. So I kind of feel like I'm overdue for a, a rewatch. 
Um, and you know, I want to, there's so much, there's still some mysteries to that movie. I'm really interested in talking about. So maybe I'll do that in a future episode or mini-sode or something, but thank you, Dusty. And finally, to close off this mini-sode again, thank you everyone for contributing. Thank you everyone for chiming in and supporting the show. I really love hearing your comments. So I really want to hear what your favorite Jurassic sequel was. You can, you can uh, send a voicemail and tell me why you can write in the comments, why you can send an email. I'm really excited to hear what you think because, you know, again, we're still so far away from Jurassic world three. So I feel like right now we're in this phase where everyone's kind of like, and now that Fallen Kingdom has been out for a year, it's like, okay, what is my favorite Jurassic film? What does it all mean? Where do all the pieces lock together? I'm doing an episode, uh, you know, a proper season two episode about the entire saga as a whole. So I'm really, I'm really interested in hearing those thoughts about, um, you know, what does it all mean? You know, five movies of Jurassic, we're going to get a six. Where, what is, what, what is this whole thing about? Um, man and beast, uh, woman inherits the earth, you know, all that good stuff. So, um, I want to hear from you. Um, obviously the number to call is 323-688-6969 or send me your email at cjurassicright at gmail.com or again, comment in any of the social posts. But we all, we're, we're going to take it right back to the beginning, which is what are your first Jurassic Park memories? This is a little bonus question I asked, you know, while we were celebrating the 26th anniversary of Jurassic Park this year. And I was so happy that people wanted to chime in. So where does it pod one said, watched it for the first time on one of those teeny tiny personal black and white TVs at a friend's house starting halfway through the Velociraptors were still terrifying, even when three inches tall and kind of fuzzy. Oh my God. <laughs> More like a three foot three inches tall turkey um that's amazing what a wild way to see it for the first time uh that just reminds me of uh jason co who a dear friend jason co who called in for the original jurassic park episode back in season one saying how the movie cut off for him how the original movie cut off on vhs uh on like a home recorded vhs uh right after you know uh you know him and says, I've decided not to endorse your park. So have I, where the movie cut off. And it reminds me of that just like such a weird eccentric way to have seen the movie. Alan says, Oh, Alan, who I met at uh, CatCon this past weekend. Uh, what a sweetheart. Uh, he's, he's really cool. Uh, he says, my dad took out the middle row of our minivan and we went to a drive-in theater in the Valley. Me and my sister sprawled out and ate Cheez-Its. You bet we made dino noises at each other during the rainy T-Rex scene. I only wish we remembered flashlights. Oh my God. That's so cute. Oh, and then here's another drive-in from Love, Dogs, and Hockey. Uh, Jessica uh, says, It was the last movie the whole family saw together outside the house. We saw it at the drive-in. Pretty sure seeing JP was directly correlated to my little sister being terrified of dinosaur theme park rides that opened at our local water park that year. Oh my gosh. Wow, that sounds cool. I want to go to that water park. Um, From Donnie. Oh, uh, Donnie. I I don't know how to pronounce your last name. Letterer. Ladera, sorry, Donnie. Uh, Donnie's super awesome and very talented writer. Uh, he says, my best friend had a family friend work at our town's theater, so we got to see it in, we got to see it for free. It was a small theater with two screens and the booming OFS sound system. One fucking speaker. Oh my God, that's, that's wild. Um, Andrew says, probably Christmas of 97, my parents went all out on the Lost World gifts. I finally recall all the Dino Damage toys with my prized possession being the T-Rex with the cage guy who could be taken out of the belly. I know I watched the original before that, but Christmas sticks out. Oh, and he put a picture. Oh my gosh. There's, um, 
not Harpoon Harrison, but it's the the Archer guy. I can't remember his name now. It was from the from the the the, the strange Jurassic toy line uh, that was really like had the Dino trackers and stuff like that. And then there's the Bull Rex where you could swallow the toy. Uh, oh wait, that's from that's them Tyranno Cohenseg on Twitter. Um, that's so cool. Uh, from Jenny. Bernhagen says my dad and uncle let us watch as kids when the moms went out of town plot four of us between ages six to nine uh, down right in front of the giant tube TV everything was fine uh, except that my cousin got so nervous that she twisted her hair in a knot that had to be cut out holy shit uh, wow um, someday 22 Jennifer says I was 21 waiting in a very long line at the mall I don't think it was a midnight showing but it was opening night wow man I would have loved to see man imagine the original midnight or just late night showing of Jurassic Park hey look if I go back in time it's either the time of the dinosaurs or when Jurassic Park came out so um Shira Pop says the first time I saw Jurassic Park I was around 7 and my parents had recently separated my dad let us watch it my mom was pissed because she thought we were too young I loved it ha 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 first not first not kitty movie I watched I think hmm uh, I totally I mean again the debate is like I also was six so it's like we were right on the cusp um, at Belf B uh, 424 says I totally forgot how I own this exact toy set and played with oh it's commenting I the picture I feel like most people have seen now of me uh, Christmas the year after Jurassic Park with the command center so uh they were commenting on that, that he owned the exact toy set, which is so rad. Um, I would love to get a mint in the box now as an adult. Oh my gosh. Um, and then finally from Chris Festo says going to the theaters for an early preview with my grandma who got me hooked on the book. Oh, that fuck. Yeah. Grandma, uh, before the movie, we went to JC Penny and I got Jurassic Park, the Jurassic Park hat, which I still have to this day. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. If anybody has any original Jurassic merch, not just toys from there when a kid, I'd love to see it. Um, I have a magnet that I post every once in a while my fern wave magnet hologram magnet from universal studios from back in 93 um which is still one of my favorite jurassic possessions um so uh chris festo says it's been a special moment for me that i continue to treasure that i get to share with my kids and he shared a picture of him with all this cool jurassic merch at like a toy like at a fair or whatever uh toy fair oh so cool thanks chris um and then i think we have a couple more let's see couple more comments on Instagram so uh, let's see Velosos, Velosum which I just love your Instagram handle says my first memory of Jurassic Park was when we started to watch it at home when I was about 7 and I got so scared by the scene where the park worker was killed in the beginning of the movie that we had to stop watching it well I mean the opening scene is pretty frightening um, Amy Kate 719 says the first PG-13 movie I saw in theaters in 4th grade uh, yeah, I know. It's funny. It's PG-13, but I get, it's honestly because Laura Dern swears so much. Uh, I feel like maybe other than Gennaro getting eaten on the toilet, um, I guess um, Sam Jackson's arm is pretty bloody. Oh, Jurassic Dave, going full circle here, says, What a great memory. This was what I was probably doing at the exact same time. And again, that was commentary on my photo with the command center when I was a kid, which you can see on social. Um, and then Nora Soros, uh, says making my brother reenact it with me every day. Hell yeah. Um, and that's it. Oh my gosh, guys and guys and gals and everyone. This has been amazing. Um, it's been, 
I didn't realize that Jurassic June 2019 would be as packed as it as it has been, but it's honestly because of all of you that it has been. And I'm so thankful to be doing new episodes every week and talking Jurassic every day. Again, it feels like old times and I just want to keep it going. So thank you everyone again for submitting. Um, if you want to submit uh, for next or, you know, for the end of the month for next mini-sode, um, what's your favorite Jurassic Park sequel and why? Uh, again, you can call 323-688-6969 or email at cjurassicred at gmail.com or just comment on one of the social posts that I post about uh, this question. Um, yeah, thanks everyone. Let me know if you're going on the ride. Let me know, um, you know, if you're if you're getting uh, the Brachiosaurus or if you're going down to Comic-Con. I might try and sneak in it. Who knows? Let me know if you can get me in. <laughs> um, oh, one last thing too. So, uh, Universal Studios is doing a Jurassic-themed 5K in November. It's on November 16th. Uh, I will provide a link to registration because uh, I'm going to be doing it with my dad. So we're going to be doing, because my dad and I used to run together a lot. Used to do, you know, we ran the LA Marathon uh, when I was in high school uh, two times. And so we enjoy running a lot. So well, I haven't run in a while, so I'm, I got to get back into shape. But if you're thinking of doing it, I'll include a link to the registration. I think it'd be really fun to have a little running group uh, run the Jurassic World five t- uh, the Jurassic uh, Park Jurassic World themed 5K at Universal Studios in November. I think that'd be really fun. So, yes, thank you everyone uh, for listening. Um, let me know what you're thinking of the Park Experts interviews. Uh, if you're liking these kind of more informal format, um, and you know what you're excited about for season two, uh, I posted the topics in the Facebook group. So if you want to go and maybe submit suggestions or ideas for people to talk to, or I would love to talk to you about it, that would be awesome. And please follow on social media, see Jurassic Right uh, on Instagram, Facebook, and SGRPod on Twitter, and, uh, you know, contribute to the See Jurassic Right Facebook group at See Jurassic Right Podcast. So, uh, yeah, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, you know, hold on your butts, life finds a way, and I will see you next week. Thank you. Now you can also interact with me and the show by following me on Twitter at Stephen Ray Morris and following SJR Pod on Twitter, See Jurassic Ride on Instagram, See Jurassic Ride on Facebook, or you can send me an email at seejurassicride at gmail.com. Not only am I looking forward to talking to people about their Jurassic Park experiences and hearing yours, but I also am going to be sharing ephemera from my childhood and, oh God, I'm going to share the fan fiction uh, on there as well and pictures and toys and everything. It's going to be great. And I wanted to thank Caitlin Thompson and Tim Ruggery at ACAST, Molly McAleer, Heather Mason, Stephanie Cook, Sarah Iyer, and you. See Jurassic Right is an ACAST podcast. Check out the show on their mobile app. And thank you for listening. Until next time.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.